It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. LaFondra looking to get close side of Vaughn. LaFondra away from David. 3-1 running. Three points running. Hello and welcome to the Elm Park Royals podcast sponsored by Blue Collar Street Food who are reopening this Thursday at 5pm with a brand new look. So make sure you get yourself down there this weekend once they have got their new winter outfit on. I've been joined today to discuss another three points for the Royals. Matt Lansley, how are we this morning? Just loving these home games at the moment. I mean, it's win after win after win. Fortress SCL. Can we get much? Can we get much better? Paul, another home win. I feel like this is a lot of home wins. I'm I'm kind of getting nosebleed territory with all these home wins at this point. And you're dealing with your own injury, so you know I'm not uh, not going to describe that one on the podcast. But the uh, the the amount of home wins we're picking up just seems a bit crazy, really, compared to previous seasons. Yeah, it's amazing, isn't it? And it was really good that the club managed to get another four or five thousand young kids in there yesterday as well. Um, in the Dolan in the sand that I see it. Um, obviously, one of the highlights for most people in the ground was when uh, virtually all of them thought that uh, Paul Ince, Paul Ince, Tom Ince, wow, Paul's gone back on the pitch. Tom scored the free kick. But yeah, I have got my own injury, but nobody wants to know about that. It's grim. So, yeah, just enjoy the fact that we're third in the league and we play Norwich on Tuesday. I'm a little bit nervous about that one, but let's concentrate on yesterday's match. We'll, we'll come on to the Norwich game in a little bit. But, yes, um, as you said, it was a bit of a bumper crowd yesterday and got to enjoy what was a pretty impressive first-half performance and second-half performance, really. We'll start off, though, Matt, pre-kickoff with the news that Andy Carroll was starting up front yesterday for his first, second... How do you even describe this? First, second start? I don't know. His second debut for Reading uh, alongside Lucas Zhao. What were your thoughts on the lineup yesterday? Well, I think it was probably a combination we all wanted to see a bit more of first time around, but it just never happened apart from, I think it was like 10 minutes at Borough. And then I think Lucas Zhao and Carroll were always in and out of... Uh, actually, no, no, sorry, Zhao was injured, wasn't he? And he came back for that game. 
And so we never really saw it. And the thought of just two six foot four, six foot five strikers against a, a, a defense is just, I mean, it's just what you want to see. It's just like pure. I don't know English football. It's just brilliant. Um, I mean, it gave it gave everyone a boost. I think though, seeing Andy Carroll because we we know what he can do. It, it's it's we know how effective he can be in the championship and kind of we'll get onto it. But yeah, it was a nice sight. We're not saying that we're veering into Brexit football, are we? Yeah. I mean, no, no. <laughs> but just but 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 just when 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 you think of a uh, well, when I think of a. Uh, and like a team, a Neil Warnock team, a team that you don't like to play against. It's always got big characters and it's always got big players. And just seeing two, I know Zhao doesn't really bustle himself about, but my God, Carol does, you know, and see, see, seeing seeing a six foot five mammoth of a guy with, with, with a ponytail jumping at you, whacking a header to the other side of the pitch. It's just quite a sight. Matt's just disappointed we didn't sign Peter Crouch back in the day, I think. <laughs> Apart from that, Paul, yesterday, I feel like we've kind of um, evolved slightly as a team this season in terms of style and, well, maybe not style, but certainly system and formation. And it felt like we lined up to play with almost a four at the back with Hutchinson kind of like drifting between defence and defensive midfield at points, which he's done a couple of games recently. But certainly since the start of the season where he was playing as like a flat five, we seem to have multiple ways to kind of deal with that now yeah i think when ince first came in that is pauline so i get it right this time i think most people would have thought will he have any flexibility with his tactics will he be able to be fluid in any way well he has shown he can be a little bit i, I don't think he's the next pep Guardiola. i don't think that for any time at all but i think we have adapted in games and i think the fact that we brought on loom yesterday when i mean I would hardly say that Huddersfield were getting on top massively, but it just kind of stemmed that tide a little bit. And before we've seen it on previous managers, they haven't actually noticed that. And it's those are the key little changes. So, yeah, I think we do see some little changes within it. And also what is a huge factor and really, really important this season is that if we have key players out missing, which we always do, it's Reading Football Club, the players that are coming in seem to be ready and I think that's just as important, really. Yeah, certainly. And I mean, Reading were definitely ready yesterday because they started really quickly, Paul. I really think that yesterday was one of the, maybe not the first time this season, but one of the few times this season where Reading have been the team on top in that first 20 minutes or so. And Huddersfield didn't look like they came up the block. One thing about Huddersfield, by the way, just before we move on to the actual game, their away kit is absolutely horrendous. I mean, I'm guessing most people who are listening have seen it, but it's a top half of the shirt is pink. There's a black like line across it, which isn't straight. And then a white, just awful, horrendous away kit. Dreadful. Anyway, Paul, first 20 minutes, Reading were definitely on top, weren't they? Yeah, totally. I think you're moving into dangerous territory when you look at our home strip as well. So you, you need to be careful there. But um, yeah, no, we were definitely on top. We didn't actually have chance after chance or anything the first 20 minutes, but we felt like the dominant team. Huddersfield had sporadic attacks. I think they were probably trying to settle into the game. New manager, they're in terrible form as well coming into the match. But you did feel if anyone was going to score, it was going to be us. And what I was surprised by was by the new Huddersfield manager, Mark Fogram, saying after the match that they looked good in kind of like 
they looked good shape when they were out of possession. And I thought that's exactly what they didn't look in the first half. I was really shocked by that. Um, I mean, yeah, I know a manager has to come in and be positive, but that seemed a little bit delusional to me. Yeah, I've got to disagree. That's that's the complete opposite of what I thought as well. That their first half, like out of possession, they just looked just lost, didn't know where they were going. And the first real chance, Matt, that Reading had was on the right-hand side, Junior Hoyler with a cross. Jeff Hendrick has a header from about, what, six yards or so. Now, I think he should do way better than he does here, heading it quite a long way wide. It's it's a pretty free header. I'm trying to remember. There was I'm sure there was one like this as well earlier in the season. I can't remember if it was Hendrick or if it was someone else, but it was very reminiscent where he pretty much just bullet headers it just straight in front of him, yet he stood like four yards to the side of the goal. And it, yeah, it's it's... It's one that we you, you're looking and you're like that. That's you got to be doing better there. But yeah, like from 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 what you were saying, you know about about Huddersfield shape. I mean, it almost seemed like every single time we were coming forward that we were threatening either on it. It was mostly going down the wings. Let's let's be truthful about it. But um, but but yeah, you get that sort of chance and you you get that early in the game after the way we started. You know, you got to be taking those chances or at least challenging. You know, you got to make the keeper do something. On the subject of Hendrick, was that his best game yesterday? I'd, I'd say so. Yeah, no, like I think of, of all the signings, he's probably been one of the most disappointing ones, I think, so far. he, It's just, it's not clicked for whatever reason. It might be because obviously there's been numerous times where he's been asked to play almost as a left forward, as an attacking midfielder, as a holding midfielder. He's never really had... Uh, a few games in the same position, we'll say. And you, you can tell by his performances, he's always been asked to do different things. It's just never really clicked. Hopefully yesterday, it's clicked a little bit more, I think. I thought Hendrick was really good against Blackburn when we played them. I thought he was good in that match. Um, but yeah, I agree. He hasn't really been at his best for a good few weeks now. And yesterday, was he amazing? No, no, I don't think he was amazing. But he definitely was more positive. Um, maybe you could say that's because Huddersfield was so poor, but I think that would be a little bit negative to say that. I think, I think it'd be a bit harsh to say it wasn't, because I think yeah. he was one of the standout players yesterday. Yes, yeah, no, I, I don't think, you know, I don't think, well, he was definitely in the top topic for my man of the match, I'd say, between him and a couple of others. Nearly scored a screamer in the second half as well. That would have been a really nice one. But, um, yeah, not to be. But, um, Alex, the first goal, that was... That was nice. The first goal was nice. Yeah, 29 minutes and another goal from a set piece, Paul. Yes, which is lovely to see because, honestly, for so many years, we haven't scored enough from set pieces and we've just conceded from them all the time. We don't really look like we're going to concede from set pieces. I know how that's going to line up now. We're going to, Norwich going to bang in three against us. But um, we, did, uh, we did concede one yesterday, but we'll come on. Yeah, we did. But we're not conceding them week after week, are we? I don't feel nervous every time that we're conceding uh, a corner or a free kick around the uh, penalty area. But yeah, good delivery from Tom Ince. Tom McIntyre scoring at the far post, which he mentioned in his uh, post-match interview. He was pretty happy with that one. It seemed to be for someone in his life that recently died. He dedicated. He didn't mention them, but it seemed to be. Um, if you watch it back, there's some fantastic blocking from Andy Carroll. 
absolute masterclass of how to block players off. And that's why he's there, isn't it? You wouldn't get away with that possibly in the Premier League. But it doesn't matter. We're in the championship. I think he's such an asset at set pieces, uh, Carol, if only because you don't have to try and put it on his head. But he drags players away, doesn't he? And as you say, in that in that goal, he provides the block for, for McIntyre, certainly. And you can see the first player on his back after McIntyre's put the ball in the net is Andy Carroll. And I think after we went 1-0 up, the, the next 15 minutes or so, it was pretty much all Reading, Matt. And it was like a train for about, yeah, 15 minutes up until half time, And 35, 36 minutes in, 2-0 to Reading with... An own goal. I mean, the scoreboard at the ground gave it to Jeff Hendrick. This is never a Jeff Hendrick goal. Sorry to like burst the bubble there or take away a goal bonus or whatever, but it's never a Jeff Hendrick goal, is it? Matt, the, talk us through the goal because, like, there's obviously, I think there's a bit before the Jeff Hendrick actually, you know, puts it across. Yeah, no, it's a fantastic ball over the top by by McIntyre. He swings swings it over. It's a great run. Again, what on earth? the Huddersfield defence is doing I do not know because there was about a 20-yard pocket of space almost behind the right back you know somehow and behind the midfield it was a bit bit bizarre really watching because you're like how how has he found so much space you know as a Huddersfield fan watching that if 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 that was Reading I'd be fuming looking at it because you're just looking at it and just thinking like what on earth is are the players doing here but I mean great ball from McIntyre to to expose the space yeah, Paul and I were discussing this just before the podcast started and Jen, we both thought that there was two Huddersfield players and we both picked a different one who made just massive errors in this goal. The number five, who's I think he might be playing centre midfield, he doesn't track the run of Hendrick and he seems to like move forwards to, I don't really know, close space where McIntyre might move into. Dreadful, don't know what he's doing there. And the right back, I don't know what number he was, but the right back who for Huddersfield decides to try and close out Nesta Guinness Walker who's standing on the, the far side on the on the touchline and the balls never go into him because he's you know pretty much level with with McIntyre and it just leaves all this space behind him. I think and you can chuck in a this... third into there though as well. You can chuck in a third in the centre back. I think it's number 32 because he he just stands off and watches. You know, yeah. it's like the, the the cohesion between all of them. And this is, is what we were dreadful. saying earlier. This is what we were saying about Fotheringham. Is that his name? I can't see how you can give Huddersfield credit for being good out of possession because their shape was just all over the place. They didn't know where they were meant to be. And I think I think the second goal just epitomised that 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 second goal though epitomised everything in the first half for him shape wise. And kind of if you want to watch one goal that summed them up that first half, it's that goal. You know because it was just woeful from start to finish three players, four, five players, you can say was it at fault. But how nice is it to watch teams concede goals? It's <laughs> and it's not us. It's, it's, it's not, not us conceding It's not a shambles them. at the back. I mean, no, who knows what will come in the future, but at the moment, this team deserves to be where we are because we look a bit better defensively. We're not perfect. We've had some droppings, let's be honest. We all know that. But in plenty of games, we have looked tight. And... That, that is a huge factor of why we probably are going to stay up this season. I'm feeling very confident that we will now. Um, where we're going to finish, though, I don't know. I mean, the limit is uh, endless, isn't it? You just can't tell at the moment. But Huddersfield, I, I have no idea how Sardin can look at that and say we were good out of possession because that was baffling. I will give credit here because obviously we've, we've spoken about McIntyre's pass and that was, it was a great pass. I like, saw it and I just thought that's 
a fantastic ball into a lot of space there. Hendrick moves on to it. And the decision-making by Hendrick here is actually really good. It's like something that I would expect, you know, a player to be able to do, but they don't always do it. And actually the decision-making here from him to run towards the goal and just decide, I'm just going to basically lever it across the six-yard box and all that's got to happen then is for someone to touch it and it's going in. And I think it bounces off a defender into the goalkeeper and then back off of the defender or something like that, Paul? Yeah, it does. Um, yeah, it's fantastic pass there from uh, Tom McIntyre completely. Um, we know he can do that sometimes. And uh, in the chat, Alex, you said that you that pass was so good that you wanted to marry it, which I think is fair enough. You know, <laughs> that was a quality pass. But um, yeah, it's definitely a no goal. The defender tries to clear it, hits the back of the goalkeeper's head and goes in. Um, that's exactly what happens when you're down the bottom, but you've got to take advantage of it. We can sit here and say how bad Huddersfield were, and they were atrocious in that first half. But you've got to take advantage of it. And if you don't, you come away from that game feeling completely frustrated. But we got the three goals and we get the three points. So, yeah, I was very happy at halftime because you couldn't do much more. Would we have loved the third Wait, then? Wait, Paul, yeah. you're missing something because we did score again before halftime. I don't know if you were aware, but we did score again, kind of. Apparently. Yeah, it was really to about 4,000 people did, in yeah. the Eamon Dolan stand. As, uh, oh, I feel harsh on them, though, because lots of them are young kids and stuff. So I don't know did, how I bring them down. It was actually, like, it, you could see that it bounces off of the side. So Tomitz has a free kick. What is it, 40 minutes? And it's all it lined up, Matt, basically the same as that free kick against Wigan, isn't it? We we said this at the time watching the game. It was non-identical um, to it. We were just hoping the the outcome would be identical. I think half, half the fans did think it was. Um, I think some of them are still celebrating now um, that goal. But yeah, it was on on the right on on them um, Ince's left foot. You know, whipping it in. But yeah, it's it's one of those where where, where, where like if if you're the other end of the stadium and you've got the perception and it kind of comes off the backboard and then you see it like nestling in the back of the net i think i think you can kind of excuse it a little bit it was very funny at the time i will say cuz i did have to double look back cuz like i i knew it had gone wide but then when everyone started saying about it I was like, wait wait has it have i missed something here have i just completely not like yeah it was it was an odd one but 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 yeah hopefully Incy can uh, get a few more of them Maybe. Did you think right maybe he said it's so hard it's gone through the back of the net? <laughs> it's like in the old comment. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe the, yeah. the 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 refs checking for holes in the net at the start of the game didn't quite Stuart Atwell. That's who we yeah. needed. He return, was of, return of the ghost goal. <laughs> but if Inter's going to keep on, even though that one wasn't on target, he was very close. If we're going to keep on getting free kicks and he's hitting them like that, we're going to get a few more goals on them this season, aren't we, Alex? Because... His quality throughout the game was there, apart from a moment that we're probably just going to talk about just before the end of the first half, when Guinness Walker has a great run on the left-hand side, crosses it into him, and Ince completely shanks it. And Matt, uh, do you remember that one? I do. I do remember it, sadly. Um, yeah, no, if, if if we'd have actually scored that one, because the work from Guinness Walker on the left is absolutely fantastic. He makes a mockery, really, of two Huddersfield defenders that, that are on him. And it, and, it, and it's, it, it's a real shame, because I don't think it's on any of the highlights, which I'm sure Guinness Walker will be feeling a little bit aggrieved at, because he kind of turns into Messi on the left-hand side for a minute. He just he takes it down, nutmegs one defender whilst he's got another on 
his other shoulder and puts in a very good ball to Ince. And it's it's interesting because like we, we were discussing it on the way home, what Ince has kind of lost historically in kind of finishing ability. Because you look back at his Blackpool days and Derby days, he was very good finishing, you know, scored loads of goals. Since then, it's never really clicked. But what he's kind of lost in that is gained in work rate. But I mean if we can get him on set plays like, like, like he did earlier in the half anyway, or Wigan, you know, it's interesting before Wigan, he'd hadn't actually scored a free kick since his Derby days. So hopefully maybe he's rekindled some of his free kick ability. Cause he did score a lot of free kicks at week um, at Derby. Sorry. On the subject of Guinness Walker, he was really good. Like really, really good yesterday. I was really impressed. Every time he, every time he touched the ball, he looked threatening. He had no problems at the back. And I think Babaraman is meant to be out for a month, Paul. I have no idea what injury he's got. But I don't feel like Guinness Walker is like a huge step down, at least based on yesterday. I, I granted like one game, all this, but I don't feel like it's going to feel like a massive drop off with him playing left back. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. He looks okay. Yeah, definitely. He looked more than okay yesterday. Um, I didn't notice any drop-off as well. Um, Paul Ince was talking on Radio Berkshire after the match and said it was a hamstring injury. He said he came back from the international break and he was okay. And then on Thursday, he felt something in his hamstring. hamstring and obviously he went and had a scan and it's obviously uh, not good news. So we'll see how that one goes. But yeah, Guinness Walker, I think he'll be okay. Um Maybe he's learned a bit from when he first came into the team. He looked really shaky, really nervy at times, then improved in certain games. So, and now the team's also better. And that really makes a huge difference, doesn't it? Once you've got confidence in the team coming in, he's going to find it harder probably on Tuesday against Norwich, but the whole team will find it harder. So that's not really a reflection on him. What what I would maybe say, maybe because how well the partnership that Tom McIntyre and Holmes are actually making in conjunction with Hutchinson as well, when he's played in that three at the back system, that gives a lot of confidence to, to wing backs as well. And especially, you know, ones potentially like Guinness Walker, who are, you'd probably say are better going forwards than, than, than sticking back. Does that kind of, do you think give a bit more confidence for him? Because confidence does a lot in football and, I mean, I think Holmes and McIntyre deserve a lot of credit from yesterday and previous weeks as well. Holmes, Holmes is very un, unsung, I think, this season. I know we've conceded 15 goals in 11 games, but what is it? 11 goals have come in three matches and then we've only conceded four goals apart from that. It, it's actually a really quite strong defensive record we've got. And 
as you say, Matt, I think Holmes, McIntyre and Hutchinson all deserve a lot of credit because we don't give up many big chances. Huddersfield didn't really have a single big chance yesterday. I know they scored, but it was, you know, it was from a set piece and it wasn't a particularly big chance. We're not giving up massive chances at all, really, in any games. I mean, there's been, in the games where we've been, you know, drubbed, yes, but other than that, it doesn't feel like we're giving up huge chances in any matches and credit to the, the central defenders, especially for that. Looking at the second half, Paul, I think we started the second half quite well. We we actually could have scored early on in the second half. I think Andy Carroll gets a knockdown from a corner to, and it falls to Tom Holmes. This is down at your end of the stadium in the Eamon Dolan. And do you think Holmes maybe has a little bit of a, a shock? Now, shocker maybe a bit harsh, but do you think he should be better there? Um, I don't think it was a shocker. I don't think he got quite enough contact on it. I think that was the issue. I, I don't think it was terrible. It wasn't one of those ones where you think, how the hell has he missed there? That's an absolutely abysmal one. I mean, there's plenty of players in front of him as well. There was another opportunity, I think, maybe from another T-Mac header. It could have been Andy Carroll. I'm not quite sure when you think that could have just kind of looped across the goal. And I thought I think, maybe... It was... Yeah, it was T-Mac just wide a couple of minutes yeah. later. From a corner. Okay, yeah, because I thought maybe that one was going to go in as well. And you're right. We did start the second half quite well, but then we do what I can understand how the team's maybe doing this. They're mentally thinking, we've got a 2-0 lead. Huddersfield have been pretty poor so far. We feel comfortable enough to sit back a little bit. Well, luckily Huddersfield didn't take advantage of that because they just weren't very good. But I'm not sure you can do that against other teams. You've got to keep at the same level all the way through. Maybe it's a bit of fitness kind of... With so many games coming up, he's managed to not... They didn't switch off, but they didn't go from... They went from like 100% down to maybe 85%, which is fine, which is fine. But it, I was glad when we brought on another midfielder because I didn't think that we were going to score again at that point, possibly, which was a bit disappointing because Huddersfield, we should really have probably got four or five yesterday. But clearly, it didn't matter because we could they didn't want to score another goal. Yes, yeah, so the game, I think the game... One. I think the game really, it changed on about 65 minutes when Andy Yardon went off injured. And I don't necessarily think this is on Fauna who came on or, or any, like, I just feel like Huddersfield felt like there was a little bit of momentum potentially gained there. Uh, the quote after the game, Matt, is it's not necessarily looking good for Yardon. And now if I'm Andy Yardon here, I'm going, you know what, Paul? I'm going to take the month out. If I'm injured for four weeks, I'll, don't play me at the end of November or middle of November because I want to go to the World Cup. Like, as much as that might sound bad for Reading fans, I think that is probably the reality of the situation. If he's out for three weeks, he's probably not playing again now until after the World Cup, is he? Yeah. No, um, no probably which is... not. Probably not. Sorry, Matt. I thought he was uh, talking to me then. But yeah, I'll finish off now. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't think he's going to come back Um doesn't look very likely. Um, let's hope he does get picked to go to the World Cup. Let's just hope he's fit. Somebody did point out to me, why didn't he get booked just before he went off? Because then he would have had a map ban and he wouldn't have been fit anyway. But that was a bit too clever. You, you mean, I don't think players think about these I, things. I can't remember when the, the card reset happens. I think it's in New Year or something like that. So he's going to have to survive maybe four or five games after the World Cup. Matt? We do have, I guess, an option at right back at the very least because we have seen Junior Hoyle play there a number of times and it feels like 
Hoylet has somehow managed to like weave his way into the starting eleven in multiple different positions this season, and now he's probably got another month of at least starting it right back now. Yeah, and I think to be honest, the most likely system we'll play going forwards now is pro- probably not obviously Hoylet right back, probably at the wing back, you know, and play play a three at the back system because then I guess if you've got Guinness Walker there as well, he's probably better going forwards. You've got two attacking kind of wing backs there, almost players left and right midfielders. You know, I think that's probably the most likely going forwards. But I mean, it's 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 not good, obviously losing because it's it's not just you know our number one right back key player in the squad. It's club captain as well. You know, I think I, I think the captaincy has kind of gone a bit under the radar with Yeardon this year, um, which is an interesting one because obviously he's been obviously almost a fan's favourite up until this point. Um, but but yeah, just I just hope it doesn't affect the team too much i mean it's a big chance for Holmes now as well being vice captain having such a good season so far being 22 or is he 22 i think still it's 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 a big role for him now to kind of step into i'm i'm looking forward to seeing how he steps into it because i think he's gonna i think he's gonna step into it really well it's not like last season when he's stepping into a losing team having to command a losing team losing back four so i think it'll be good good to see but um yeah hopefully it just doesn't negatively affected I think this he's, season. He's got a lot of leaders alongside him as well, Holmes, to, to help yeah. him out in the next next it's month or so. A so. lot different to last year. Yeah, yeah, definitely. The the remainder of the second half, I think Huddersfield had a lot of huff and puff about them, Matt. Didn't really do a lot. And Yakimete came on a couple of minutes after Fauna came on and then Loom came on. We actually made three subs by 75 minutes, 76 minutes yesterday, which was really early for Reading. And but how nice is it actually to make those changes for once and actually have a bench where you can make bring on players like Loom, Fauna, Mate? Yeah, we do. We we probably are getting to the point now where I feel like maybe I was saying that we have a short squad or a, a you know not a big squad anymore. It maybe this is uh, Paul Itz's words, I think. <laughs> yeah, bare bones. I'm not like yeah, we do have injuries, but we do still like this isn't the weakest squad we've ever had. Certainly. Um, I think we need to move on to what was a very comedy moment yesterday, though, Paul. I have absolutely got no idea how Yakimete has managed to open his scoring for the season here. This is possibly... I, just, I can't explain it very easily, but I just have no idea what's happened. How has Mete managed to score? Complete ineptitude by uh, Huddersfield. So many bad moments here. Just giving the ball away in the halfway line. Then Lane Tomins just run through the midfield. Okay, they can't close them down. They must feel quite comfortable. They've only got one Reading attacker going into the penalty area. Oh, no, 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 no. This is Huddersfield. Uh, they do things differently. So the ball goes through to Mate. He's probably not going to quite make it. The Huddersfield defender then hits it back to the goalkeeper. And then Nichols, the hardest field goalkeeper, really could do multiple things here. He could catch this ball, probably unlikely. But most of all, he should parry that ball away for a corner, just away I from... Did, no, he definitely can claim this ball. It's not going at any speed. He's definitely... Can he actually him, claim the ball? Because it could technically be a pass back. Are you not, are you no, not counting no, that, that as a pass back? Pass back. It, that would be no. a pass back. Yeah, good point, I'm Matt. Not sure. I don't think that would be a pass back. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, the the goalkeeper basically bounces off of his left left arm almost and starts rolling. It would have gone in anyway, even if Mate doesn't touch it here. 
and make yeah, but why would he maintain that touch? Yeah, he's got to, hasn't he? I mean, the well, celebration yeah, was fantastic well, when he scored. Well. Goal, well. You can he, see the relief come out of him. Yeah, and he smashes it in from like a yard out. Uh, like yeah. Nugent, do you remember the only goal he scored for England? It was about an inch on the line. <laughs> <It's> like... <laughs> got to got to claim them when you can get them as a striker, I guess. And yeah, Maytag opens his scoring for the season and Reading a three 0 up. And as we've said so many times already today, that Huddersfield really did look absolutely just horrendous yesterday. And Reading took full advantage, which was really good to see. The last 10 minutes, again, I think Huddersfield tried, Matt, in the last 10 minutes, but they, they didn't create anything until uh, in, until injury time. And it, even in injury time, they didn't actually really get a chance. And 93rd minute, they get a corner. It's not great defending here, I think, from from probably Sam Hutchinson, who seems to lose his man. But I think there's just, a few multiple just, counts. Yeah, yeah. Before, I think... before we go on to the goal, well, after the goal anyway, what was Sorba Thomas doing when they scored? What was he cupping his ears for? You're 3-1 down in the 93rd minute away from home. You're 23rd in the table. Get a grip. This, this, was, this did cause quite a bit of amusement. And I think, I mean, Huddersfield fans quite rightly really annoyed at Sorba Thomas for this because like well there was there, there was a bit of banter going on between club 1871 and Sorba Thomas because there was a bit of a delay for the corner being taken anyway um there was a bit of hustle and bustle in the box um and so Sorba Thomas was getting a bit bit pelted by uh by a few chants we'll say and kind of um and then you get the old and then you're yeah that when the ball comes in um and yeah, it's just one of those things which you kind of accept the shit out three if you if that goal is actually meaning something. If you're not twenty third in the table, the fact you're doing that at, to get a to get a, a a goal to make it three one in the ninety fourth minute, you sit twenty third, and you've got probably a thousand Huddersfield fans who are probably not too happy anyway. I mean, I just, I, I can't understand the thinking, you know, you like just, 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 just smile and walk away. Just lo- loves the attention, doesn't he? Well, yeah, like, and, and it's, it's an interesting one because obviously, well, I, I don't know him as a person, but I mean, he's come up from non-league and that, you know, you, you say fair play to him and his career and kind of what he's been able to do at Huddersfield. But I mean, just, just smile and walk away from that and just think, yeah, stuff you Reading fans. Like you, you don't, but say that to yourself, you don't come out and, like because because I, I think it was shushing them as well. I, I think he started off shushing and then he cups his his hands to his ears. It's just baffling. Just yeah, young kids out there, don't don't do that if if you're three three one down. Funny funny though as a Reading fan to see it. So Very I, I I enjoyed it at least. Um, yeah, it wasn't great defending by Hutchinson. I think he loses Tom Lee's quite you know quite easily. Nothing Lumley's got going to be able to do about it from five yards and. That's pretty much full time. I think that was basically the last kick of the game. And 3 1, we sit third in the table pool and we're playing a top of the table clash almost, well, you know, just about against Norwich on Tuesday night. Third versus second. I f- want to say it's live on Sky TV as well. Not sure if we're really that good on Sky TV midweek, but um, Paul, score prediction for Tuesday night. Um, my head says that we're probably going to lose this one. Uh, just that we always seem to struggle back-to-back games. I don't know why. Um, well, I do know why. It's because our squad isn't big enough. Um, I'm going to go for a 2-1 to Reading. Just on hope. Why not? Why not go for it? Hey, we're positive. We're doing well. And our home form has been fantastic. Matt, what score prediction are we going for? 
I uh, yeah, I don't think I'm in the same boat as Paul and can predict a win. Um, I mean, Norwich quality team. They've got quality throughout the team and on the bench as well. Um, give me a draw now. I'd be very happy. I'd take a 1-1. I think we're probably going to win. No, but I mean, we've gone 11 games now without a draw. We've got to get a draw at some point. It's going to have to happen at some point. Can't go 46 games without a draw, can we? I'm just desperate to be Norwich. For <laughs> <laughs> personal reasons. Yeah, there's a personal <laughs> vendetta over there at EPR Towers. He just doesn't want, to, doesn't want to see us lose against Norwich. I agree with Lansy, though. I would take a draw right now. 100%. Yeah, and Norwich have like, got quality. Yeah, score. I feel like most Reading fans would be very happy with a draw. I'm going to say 1-1 as well. That, but I'm, yeah, and I feel like I'm on the positive side of a one-one there because don't don't know quite if Norwich are you know going to be quite as bad as Huddersfield were yesterday. On that note, that is it from us today. We'll be back at some point before the Norwich game with a preview, and then after the Norwich game with a re- review of the Norwich game. Hopefully, another three points to Reading, and we'll have moved up into second place, maybe even first place although that is unlikely given our negative goal difference still. However, it is improving because we are continuing to win. If you enjoyed today's podcast, do drop us a follow or subscribe on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening to your podcast. Drop us a review, five stars. Don't don't do anything lower than that. Don't actually enjoy those reviews. And we will speak to you all very, very soon. Cheers.